1: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This is
0: FinCider
2: Radio, part of the FinCider.com and the SB Nation Network.
0: And now, your host, Matthew Kanata, joined by co-hosts Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finsider Radio. This is Kanata, joined here by Houts and Sutton, and we are ready to preview the game against the New England Patriots this coming Sunday at Gillette Stadium up in Foxborough, Massachusetts. The Miami Dolphins coming off a 28-20 victory over the Oakland Raiders. If you have not listened to our recap show, please be sure to do so. Check your latest subscriptions in your iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to our show. Just check the latest episodes. It will be right there. Check it out, listen in, and then come back here and listen to our preview. If you ready to listen to our recap show, then you're in the right place here right now. The game will be telecast on CBS and also nationally on ESPN Radio. Broadcasters for the game from CBS, Kevin Harlan, play-by-play, Rich Gannon, color analyst, and Steve Tasker on the sideline. As mentioned earlier when I tweeted it out, Jeff Darlington will be roaming the sideline for ESPN Radio. Mark Kestescher on the play-by-play, and Kelly Stouffer on the color analyst. The Miami Dolphins head into New England with a 3-0 record, and they face a New England Patriots team coming off two consecutive losses. They stand at 1-2. And And now let's dive in to the game against the New England Patriots. Dolphins vs. Patriots. First up for this game is the pass offense and how we're going to talk about that with you and the Miami Dolphins. The stats are a little skewed from the game against the Oakland Raiders. Ryan Tannehill went 17 of 23 for 289 yards and three touchdowns finished with a pass rating of 155.3, which was the second highest single game efficiency mark in Dolphins history. But if you really look at it, Tannehill probably only threw one touchdown. And when it's more like 160 yards or so, because the Albert Wilson touchdown, and then there was another one there where they counted both as touchdown passes, but there were really more shovel passes or handoffs. But he was obviously credited with that, did very little work on that play, if any, on those plays, if anything at all. So I want to keep that in mind as we move forward. But I also want to keep in mind this too, because you can look at it both sides for him. Ryan Tannehill in his last 11 starts, he is 10 and 1. There is no other quarterback in the National Football League in their last 11 starts who has done better than Ryan Tannehill. He is currently tied with Carson Wentz for the best record in the last 11 starts. And it's important to know that this is calculating Ryan Tannehill's 11 starts. So it goes back to his time when he before he got injured against the Arizona Cardinals and encompasses time for the people he's comparing to, like Carson Wentz, through last season and, and now up to this season as Carson Wentz Started this past weekend as we've said numerous times the Dolphins and Adam Gase and Ryan Tannehill are a match made in heaven The Dolphins are 11 and 5 in games at Tannehill starts in the Gase era and in those 16 games the Dolphins have connected on a 50 plus yard pass in nine of them Tannehill is averaging 7.95 yards per attempt and has a 98 quarterback rating in 16 starts under Adam Gase The New England Patriots on the other hand they're giving up 25.7 points per game. They've given up 77 total points this season so far. When you look at the passing, they're giving up 38.3 attempts per game. They're giving up they've given up a total of 789 yards total in 3 games. They've given up 73 completions on 115 attempts for a completion percentage of 63.5. They're giving up about 263 yards per game. They've given up seven touchdowns have only picked off the quarterback three times, and opposing quarterbacks have a 93.9 rating. Their total passing defense is 23 out of 32. How it's when you look at our receivers, when you look at the Dolphins' skill makers, and you look at guys like Mike Izzicchi, who's trying to get in there, who they were impressed with his aggressiveness on Sunday versus Raiders, but still has a lot to prove. When you look at Albert Wilson, Kenny Stills, Jakeem Grant, who are getting more and more involved in the offense, and yes, even Devontae Parker. And then you look at the Patriots secondary, which I think is an absolute mess right now. Where do you see this game going with the pass offense for the Dolphins?
3: Well, the first thing we got to do is give Ryan Tannehill credit. He's been playing out of his mind this year. He isn't making mistakes. He's doing everything that's asked of him, and he's finding the open receiver. So uh, hats off to Ryan Tannehill. Uh, but this, I believe, might be one of the better secondaries that he faces you know, so far this season. I don't think uh, Tennessee's was that great. Oakland sh- struggled a bit. But when you look at the pro football Focus grades. I mean, Devin McCordy's a 78, Jonathan Jones, 72.2, Stephen Gilmore, 74.1. So this might be the toughest test for the Miami Dolphins uh, receiving core. You got Devontae Parker. He's likely going to match up with Devin McCourty on the outside. You saw what he could do when he was in there last week. He brings a different element to the deep uh, offense that we really haven't seen at all this year because he's been injured. But uh, he's one of those big play players big receivers that on the outside can cause a mismatch at any time. He made that difficult catch on the sideline that kind of kept that drive going. I think it was Jakeem Grant or Albert Wilson, the gave credit for that and kind of attested that drive the way they finished it off to that catch there. So uh, Devontae Parker brings a different element to this receiving core. And it's something that I think they need to start get going uh, as the season progresses. Kenny Stills, it's clear that he is Ryan Tannehill's favorite target early on. Uh, he's a deep threat. I mean, He just can do everything, it seems. He can play in the slot. He can play on the outside. He's making plays whenever called upon. Three touchdowns already, nine receptions, 184 yards, 20.4 yards per reception. He had that 75-yard bomb uh, in Tennessee, two of those to be exact. So, I mean, Kenny Stills, uh, it's going to be – it's going to be key to get him going early on when he's playing on the outside against Stephen Gilmore, uh, Danny Amendola. This is going to be a revenge game for him. You love what he does in the slot there. He's going to be matched up with Jonathan Jones most likely. Uh, he's one of those guys who savvy vet. I mean, he can work the middle. He's kind of gives that Jarvis Landry type. You know, he gets to the sticks. Always is there to rely on those first downs when needed. So uh, it's going to be. It's going to, He's going to be needed in this game. But you mentioned it, and this is the guy who I think is going to break out. With A.J. Derby out, uh, Mike Jasicki, he's going to be called upon. He's going to be relied on heavily in this game, I believe. You see him get going a little bit early. Uh, last week he made some plays. Week before here and there, I mean, you're starting to see what he can do when given the opportunity. So for me, I'm, I'm going to see what Mike Jasicki does because if he can get going, you get Devontae Parker going. This offense, I mean, what they're doing already is, is pretty phenomenal. I think they're 11th in the NFL at 25 points a game. 324 yards total, 225 yards passing through the air. Uh, that's where the Dolphins got to beat the, beat the Patriots. And I think if you can get those guys going, get the ball to Kenny Stills. I didn't even mention Albert Wilson or Jahkeem Grant, who you know Jahkeem Grant had nine, nine snaps last week, two touchdowns. Albert Wilson, 10 snaps, two touchdowns. Uh, you got to get those guys going. You got to give them more opportunities. Uh, the Dolphins are loaded with weapons. So find a way to spread the ball around and good things will happen.
0: When you look at the rushing offense for the Miami Dolphins, and then you look at the Patriots' rush defense, and if you saw the game against the Detroit Lions this past Sunday night, the New England Patriots most recently, obviously, 26-10 to 10 demise to former Bill Belichick protege Matt Patricia. When you look at what they did with Carryon Johnson and a little bit of Theo Riddick, but not a ton, but Garrett Blunt too, and they flipped roles there because you expect Blunt to be the heavy rusher and Carryon and Theo to be the pass catchers out of the backfield, but they reversed that blunt was catching the passes out of the backfield. Carry on was running the ball and he was running very effectively. We know the Patriots linebackers are slow. We've seen it throughout the season so far. We really saw it on Sunday nights. I'm thinking this might be a big game for Kenyon Drake catching balls out of the backfield. I also think, and I don't, I don't know if they're going to activate Kalen Balaj. I don't think they will, but Albert Wilson, we've heard all training camp, they played him a lot at running back in practices and, and was getting him ready for that position if needed. I think Albert Wilson is going to line up quite a bit in the backfield and we're going to see some swing passes to him. We might see some you know, short drag routes in the middle of the field to open up that speed and expose those linebackers for the slow players that they are. The New England Patriots, when you look at their rushing defense, They're giving up an average of 4.7 yards per attempt. They've given up a total of 430 yards, an average of 143.3 yards per game. They've given up one rushing touchdown and a long of 31. Kenyon Drake had a rough week last week against the Oakland Raiders. He only rushed for three yards on five attempts. Frank Gore, six attempts, 12 yards. Tannehill was actually a leading rusher with three attempts for 26 yards. Sometimes that's how the game plays up, but we know Kenyon Drake can hit it, and we know he's done well this season so far, so I wouldn't get too concerned about just one game. The Dolphins, they've used their strong first half to help them get an early lead in their three games already. They're outscoring opponents 34-13 to 13 in the first half of games this year. The 13 points allowed in first halves is the second-best mark in the NFL, which we'll talk about when we flip to the defense But the fact is that we're outscoring opponents 34-13. to Now, the Dolphins are going to have to get off to a fast start in Foxborough. They haven't won there since 2008. That's 10 years ago. Sutton, when you look at the Dolphins' rushing offense, how can they expose the Patriots and their overall defensive scheme?
1: You're right. The Patriots do have some big thumpers at linebacker when you look at the game that they just played against the Lions, you do have to take into context that they didn't have Trey Flowers available. They didn't have Patrick Chung and Eric Rowe. So when House was talking about the secondary, he was talking about them being pretty good. Well, you have two more players you can add in there, not to mention Trey Flowers on that pass rush. So um, what Detroit was able to do, a very un-Detroit game plan, was they had two times the time of possession that, the Patriots had on Monday night and that's not something you're used to seeing with one of the most prolific passing offenses and not prolific I'm I'm not talking in terms of like overall amazingness I'm just talking about sheer um, pass percentage pass ratio they just pass a a lot so to see carry on Johnson get his first 100 yard game for the Detroit Lions in the last five years against the New England Patriots there that was fun to see, and you didn't really see anything fancy from them on the ground. What you saw from them is just straight ahead running right into the A and B gaps. Simple man to man concepts, nothing crazy. You saw a couple uh, off tackle runs out of the shotgun formation. So if we decide to to spread Miami or I'm sorry spread New England out a little bit, then you know if we might be able to uh, get some of that off tackle motion. Uh, while they're spread out and get Kenyon Drake in space. And like you were saying in your monologue about the running game MC money, Kenyon Drake's definitely looking for a rebound here. I, I, I can't imagine that he liked what transpired last week. And he had one of his better games last year towards the end. Of the year, he had 30 touches for 193 yards. So we're looking at 25 carries for a buck 14, and then he also had five receptions for 79 yards. And I really, really like Kenyon Drake. I know I'm in charge of the rush offense here, but I really like Kenyon Drake getting flexed out wide against some of those bigger linebackers. I think that's a matchup nightmare, and I, I really just think, generally speaking, our team speed is going to be just as much of a problem for the Raiders as it was for the Patriots. And that, uh, you know, you saw week one Albert Wilson kind of in that backfield role. I really see them kind of opening up some wrinkles to that package. So you saw week one Albert Wilson get a couple touches in the backfield and there were some some built-in option plays there. And I really think our team speed against those linebackers is going to be to our benefit to get them out in space, getting them going east and west. And you just look at their D tackles also. I mean, you have Lawrence Guy playing at a high level, but they have Danny Shelton, they have Malcolm Brown, who, in my opinion, haven't been doing their job on the defensive line. So I think we have some opportunities straight up the gut too. So I think it's going to be an interesting um, development. Which way do we go? Do we go more towards a direct... Up the gut route? Do we try to get east and west and get their uh, linebackers and east and west scenarios and and try to move laterally and see if we can take advantage of that point? And we could conceivably uh, capitalize on both opportunities. To be honest with you, but what Detroit did was more of a straightforward approach.
0: When we flip over to the other side of the football, when you start talking. About the rush defense house, the Miami dolphins, they are allowing just 17.3 points per game. That's six in the NFL. They're fifth with just 15.3 points allowed per game by the defense with one opposing touchdown scored on special teams. Essentially, they're one of the top NFL units through the first few weeks of the NFL season. On the rushing defense side of the ball, they're limiting opponents to just 3.34 yards per carry, the third lowest mark in the NFL. They will allow just four carries of 10-plus yards tied for the best in the league. No one expected this for the Dolphins. We talked about this on our recap show, how we saw it during preseason improving each and every week, but there were a lot of people out there who said that this run defense was not going to be good without and Sue. And we see that it's even better, which is mind-boggling in a way. But then again, it's also addition by subtraction because other guys are stepping up and doing their job. Devon Godshaw, Vincent Taylor, Jordan Phillips. Yes, the loss of William Hayes is going to hurt the Miami Dolphins, and I hope you do touch on that just a little bit. But overall, as a unit, the Dolphins' defense, the rush defense, is one of the tops in the league. Now, when you look at the New England Patriots, they have guys like James White, Sonny Michelle and Rex Burkhead. Michelle has not really impressed me. I, I just think he's a basic runner. I don't think he does anything special. He doesn't scare me. Burkhead and White scare me because we know the Dolphins have trouble covering running backs out of the backfield. Although we haven't seen a ton of it because they did get their kryptonite in Jerome Baker. When you look at this house, do you see the Patriots – having a way to expose the Dolphins' defense in any way.
3: Yeah, you touched on one thing, and you got to get it out of the way first. Willie Hayes is out. I mean, that's a huge loss for this run defense. He was probably the best run defender on the team. Uh, They're definitely going to miss him up front, but you see these guys stepping up each and every week. Currently 7th in the NFL, allowing 89 yards per game on the ground. That is 7th. Uh, it's just been astonishing what they've done, you know, when you lose a guy like Ndamukong Suh and that's all anyone wants to talk about. But then you got the Vincent Taylors, the Devon Godshaws, the Jordan Phillips, the Keem Spences. You see them just stepping up each and every week. Uh, Robert Quinn, Charles Harris is doing a little bit there on the other side. So, I mean, uh, this run defense has definitely improved. Kiko Alonso seems to be all over the freaking field, but I do think, and you mentioned Sonny Michel, not really scaring you. I'm kind of the opposite with that. I don't think he's, Got a small sample size so far. I think he's played, what, a week now, and it's just kind of getting his feet underneath him. I saw in college an explosive player that did everything from, you know, he can take those those balls up the middle, and then he can bounce outside and just break off the big plays. or threaten the receiving game. Uh, I think they're definitely going to get him more acclimated in the offense this week, and I think that, to me, is probably the scariest part of this run defense. I think Rex Burkhead, a strained neck, it's, he might be a game-time decision. But James White, Sony Michelle, those are guys that can, you know, they have that Deion Lewis kind of air about aura about them where they can just break free. They can go out there and then get those mismatches with the Kiko Alonso's, the Jerome Bakers, the Raquan McMillan's, and that's what ultimately could, could kill this team. So uh, I think up front, we got to win on the line. I mean, they're banged up up front. Their offensive line isn't what it was a couple years ago. So I think you got to like the Dolphins' chances. But when they start to, you know, run those stretch plays outside, that's where they're going to end up. Uh, making the most of their their running. So for me, Sony Michelle, he, he's the guy that I'm uh, most scared of, and maybe that's just me being a Sony Michelle fantasy homer. But I think I've seen enough from him at Georgia. You see the explosiveness, and I think he's the type of running back that could absolutely destroy the Dolphins on Sunday.
1: We'll
0: agree to disagree there, because again, I'm not really too worried about Michelle. I'm more worried about White and Burkhead. They say Burkhead may not play because of an injury. I believe it's the shoulder. So we'll see how that plays out. But flipping to the pass defense Sutton, the Patriots, they're an enigma right now because you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, and Tom Brady, if not the best quarterback to ever play the game. But their wide receiver core is not good. I mean, Philip Dorsett looked very bad this past Sunday night against the Lions. Chris Hogan is Chris Hogan. Uh, Everyone makes a big deal about Chris Hogan because he was on the Dolphins at one point, but he's not a good receiver. He gets open underneath a bit. But as you can see, when he has no one else to free him up, like a Julian Edelman, like Brandon Cooks last year, he struggles, and he's been struggling this season thus far. Gronkowski, yes, you always got to worry about Gronkowski, but teams have been double-teaming him throughout the season, and he hasn't done much except for that one week. Uh, I believe it was the first week of the season because they played the Jaguars, and, and they shut him down pretty well, and then again this past Sunday. When you look at Xavier Howard, then for the Dolphins, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, some are now even calling him maybe a top five cornerback, which is nuts, but a switch flipped for him last season, and he's getting it. He picked off Derek Carr twice on Sunday, including a pick in the end zone with less than three minutes remaining, and the Raiders looking to take the lead. Howard has seven interceptions in his past eight games, which is the most in the NFL in that span and two more than the next player in Darius Slay with five. Howard has 13 passes defense in his past eight games, and he's also led the NFL in that span. We saw Howard shut down last year when the Dolphins played the Patriots at the end of the season. He shut down everyone he covered. He picked off Tom Brady twice, and that was December eleventh, 2017. That was Tom Brady's first multi-interception game since December 6, 2015 versus Philadelphia. And Xavier Howard became the first player to intercept Brady twice in the same game since the Colts' Mike Adams had two interceptions in November 2014. I don't think Tom Brady's going to be throwing a lot towards Xavier Howard on Sunday. So when you look at the Dolphins' pass defense, on the other side you have Bobby McCain who's improving each and every week. Then you got Minka Fitzpatrick, and hopefully Rashad Jones is back. Now, you have some injuries with Andre Branch being out two to four weeks. You have Robert Quinn in there still. You have Cameron Wake on the other side. You got Gatchaw Taylor Phillips in the middle. And then you have Charles Harris, who's probably going to see a bunch more snaps on Sunday as well. But looking at the Patriots wide receiver core and looking at their tight end crew and, and everything else that Tom Brady does, do you see Tom Brady having much success against the Dolphins on Sunday? Or is it going to be another rough week for him when
1: they take on the Dolphins? The one thing he, you forgot to admit that Xavier Howard had the flu when he had his two interceptions. So, you know, I I do like our pass defense in this game, but le- let me say this. What it's going to come down to, I think it's going to be a similar game plan to what we saw Miami do against Tennessee, and Tennessee, I think, was a team that was going to target running backs and tight ends, and I think you're going to see that very same thing here. Yes, the wide receivers for the Patriots have some speed, but I really do uh, trust in Xavier and Bobby and the back end of the uh, of the defense there, and I'm assuming Rashad will be good to go. So I think that will only help things out having Rashad good to go on Sunday. But again, you'll see a, a heavy dose of Gronk and and James White out of the running back backfield. So I. I, I I have to lean more towards MC Money on that side of things. I really do think James White presents more problems for us. Uh, he's one of the better pass catchers out of the backfield in the NFL. So uh, him getting matched up against linebackers will will be a problem. So I'm hoping that uh, our overall scheme approach is going to help. And what I mean by that is I'd like to see what, for lack of a better word, is called what I'll call the West coast defense. <laughs> and you really saw it first kind of unveiled in the 2015 AFC championship game between the Denver Broncos and the Patriots, uh, a low scoring affair that Denver is able to pull out. And what you saw was your safeties coming in and really challenging new England and that first 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, you know, Tom Brady wants to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And when you're looking at that offensive line this year, you're looking at one of the best centers in the entire NFL in David Andrews. But then as you fan out, you have guards that are average to maybe above average in Joe Thuney and Shaq Mason. And then you have arguably terrible tight, uh, I'm sorry, tackle play. So I, I think that really suits us from a defensive line standpoint. I really think Godshaw and Vincent Taylor and the the rotation there, def, defensive tackle, uh, you know, with Akeem Spence obviously too, and Jordan Phillips. But looking at our matchups with Quinn and Wake and Harris and Branch on on the edge there, obviously we love to have Hayes. He was a key cog in that rotation. But to have those other guys with the pass rush skill set that we have there, I think that suits us. So I, I do think we come out aggressive and bring our safeties down a little bit. And what I meant by West Coast defense earlier is we're, we're bracketing more on an east-west standpoint instead of north-south standpoint. So we're not necessarily worried about players getting deep. We trust that there. What we're looking at is the slot wide receivers like Hogan, and we look at the tight ends like Gronk running those option routes where they have inside-outside potential there. So we're looking at those type of routes. Those are the staple of the New England offense. And so if we're cognizant of the running backs and what routes they're running and we are aware always of where Gronk is and hopefully bracketing him at all times – then I, I think we can slow this uh, New England offense down. I mean, Detroit was able to do that, rushing for the entire time. So I think that's going to be our game plan as well. You just rush for the whole time. You drop seven, and you hope you space it enough and shade things enough and disguise things well enough to trip Tom Brady uh, up from time to time. And that's sometimes all all you're going to need in our view.
0: And to wrap up our show this week here on FinCider Radio as we head into the Patriots game on Sunday, before we get to the actual predictions, I just want to answer a question from Rob Carruth.
3: Carruth! Carruth.
2: Carruth.
0: He asks, what is the biggest surprise so far early on for these Dolphins? How's what's your biggest
3: surprise? Uh, I think we talked about the run defense to me. I mean, you lose a Domkin Sioux. It was kind of dreadful last season to see what they've done this year. It's pretty remarkable.
1: So,
0: how about you real quick?
1: Let's go with the interceptions and turnovers we've seen so far. We weren't that great last year at generating turnovers and one of the best teams in the NFL at this point.
0: All right. A Dolphins win on Sunday would be Miami's first 4-0 start to start a season since 1995. It would mark the seventh time in Miami's 53-year history. The team has won its first four games. In the team's other 4-0 and starts, the Dolphins made the playoffs in all six of them, winning the division five times, the AFC twice, and the Super Bowl once. As we mentioned earlier, it would give Miami its first win at New England since September 21st, 2008. It would mark the first time Miami has won its first two AFC East Road games in the same season since 2010. It would improve Adam Gase's head coaching record of twenty and sixteen in regular season games. It would give the Dolphins a twelve and five record in games started by Ryan Tannehill under Adam Gase and be the eleventh win in Miami's past twelve games with Ryan Tannehill starting at quarterback. Miami leads the all time series fifty three to forty nine in the regular season. Last few matchups, 12-11-17, Miami 27, New England 20. Earlier that season in November, New England 35, Miami 17. January 2017, New England 35, Miami 14. September 2016, New England 31, Miami 24. And then January 2016, Miami 20, New England 10. All throughout the day today, how it's in and all. Yesterday, I was thinking ahead to this game. And I was thinking the Dolphins, I'm not sure if they're going to win. I want to see them going kicking and screaming. But today, as we talked over in this show and really broke down all four phases and all four different areas of the offense and defense, I think the Dolphins are going to win this game. I think they're ready to make a statement. I was in that locker room on Sunday. There is a swagger about these guys that you could feel that they know they're good. And Armando Salguero said on our show before the first week of the regular season, they're walking around like they know something and they're not telling anyone what they know. And I felt that in the locker room on Sunday. I think they're going to go up. They're going to be ready to play some football and they're going to walk away with a victory. And they're going to put every football fan and every national media reporter on notice. I don't have a score, but I think they win this game. Sutton, how about you?
1: Well, you're going to make me look like a turd, but... Uh, I, I do think it's going to be a close game. I think we come out aggressive, and I think we come out swinging, and I think we're going to be proud of our team. I do think you're going to see New England end up winning this game. I'm going to say a final score of 24-23 to 23 New England. Damn. So now I'm the tie break here. Uh, I think
3: this game is going to be a lot like that Wildcat game of 10 years ago that we touched on. I think Miami – Uh, Like Armando said in our interview with him, they have something up their sleeves. They have these tricks, these things that they kind of, you know, they know more than every other everyone else does. So, I think we saw a little bit of it last week. I think they have uh, more up their sleeves, and I think uh, Adam Gase is going to dig deep into his bag of tricks. And uh, whether it's Albert Wilson and a wildcat, or even some throws to Tannehill, you know, maybe he catches a touchdown pass this week. Who knows what happens? But I think the Dolphins are going to lay it out all out in the line. Uh, As much as my heart wants to, you know, as much as my gut says the Dolphins are going to lose this game because that's what they do in big games and we get our hopes up, I'm going to go with my heart and I'm going to say that this is a different Dolphins team. They're going to end up winning 23-20 on the road and they're going to take an unbelievable three-game lead over the New England Patriots.
0: Let's go, House. That's my boy right there. All right. Any last thoughts, Son and House, before we wrap up the show?
1: Devontae Parker, not someone we've talked about very much recently, but he's had some of his best games against New England. So curious how uh, just that general offensive game plan comes together and see how we incorporate our wide receivers because we've shown to this point that we'll go anywhere and anywhere that manufactures yards for us. Go Dolphins. Keep spreading the ball around. Let Ryan Tannehill uh, stay in the pocket, you know,
3: protect him get the run game going early, and the Dolphins have a real chance of winning this one.
0: The Dolphins headed to Foxborough on Sunday, 1 o'clock p.m. game on CBS. Latest forecast calls for 72 degrees, 30% chance of rain. Perfect weather for the Dolphins to go 4-0. And like I said, shock the world. For Houtson Sutton, I am Kanata. Thank you for listening to Finsider Radio. We'll talk to you Sunday night.